0: On the field, inside the clubhouse, and everything in between,
1: this is Brewers Weekly. Here's Dominic Catronio. Okay, June didn't get off to a great start. Not going to lie. Since May wasn't great, would have loved to have started June with a W today, but that did not happen. A 3-1 defeat. At least it wasn't a shutout. Always got to look on the bright side, y'all. I'm Dominic Catronio. If you want to join in on the program here tonight, live, eight five five. 616 1620. Again, 855 616 1620. That's the old National Bank talking text line. Old National Bank, get old. 855 616 1620. I know a lot of y'all are probably watching the finals live right now. And remember, we are available in podcast form after the fact as well. Podcast is Brewers All Access. You will get Brewers Weekly and you will get all of our Brewers Post Game shows, uh, Brewers Extra Innings, that is, and Brewers 360 every morning with. Variety of personalities throughout the week. Uh, Today, in just a little bit, Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is going to join us here on the program. Uh, Kurt is en route to Cincinnati. He's going to join us, talk a little bit, big picture stuff, injury updates, and uh, some looking ahead in the schedule. Later on, we're going to hear from Craig Council today after another defeat, this time another series loss on the road. I'm going to give you some startling numbers when it comes to when the Brewers are trailing. I tweeted a few of these already today. And also, we're going to get you ready for the Cincinnati Reds. Are they calling up Ellie De La Cruz or are they not? I don't know. Uh, but starting with today, again, a 3-1 defeat. Freddy Peralta had a rough first inning. It's the worst. You know, the first inning is the hardest inning for any starter, but especially so for Freddy Peralta. He's flirting with a career 7 ERA in the first inning. 7! Almost. Not quite. It's like six nine two, I believe, after today's game. So, that's not great. And he gives up three runs... When he was one strike away from ending that first inning, Matt Chapman goes yard opposite field, home run. I mean, that was just kind of one of those examples to use a basketball analogy. Good offense beats good defense, and it wasn't a terrible pitch from from Freddie. I think he wanted it a little more out of the zone than what he got it. It was still elevated in a way, but uh, Matt Chapman, man, he can handle fastballs. He's been having an incredible first half, and uh, he torched the Brewers up there north of the border this series. But before that, Bo Bichette hit a solo homer on a 2-0 pitch. But little did we know, you know, you were thinking, oh man, buckle up, this is not what Freddie needs after the tough goal of things he had in his last start. Remember, he last started when Willie Adamas had his concussion on the foul ball from Brian Anderson. And he got back on track. I mean, that was really impressive to see Freddie just flush that first inning and keep the Brewers in it and give them a chance to win the game. It, I, that was a gutty performance. Now, the first inning obviously happened, and you can't say it was perfect, but it was a solid performance. Normally, you hold the Blue Jays and that high-vaunted offense, the three runs, you're going to be doing something right. But with the Brewers' offense right now and the skid they've been in since Garrett Mitchell got hurt, it hasn't been great. just has not been great. Uh, I, I got some flack on this on Twitter, at Dom underscore Katronio. I was insisting that it can be both. The Brewers' offense struggling and tipping your cap to Kevin Gossman, right? He had 11 punch-outs today. That's the fourth time he's done that. It's not just the Brewers. He has the most 11-plus strikeout games in baseball this year. He's a darn good pitcher, y'all. So cut me some slack on that. This isn't some guy off the street that you're thinking, who the heck is this, and he goes six innings and nothing, which is, uh, oh, by the way, not that Julio Tehran's some guy off the street, he's a former All-Star, but Julio Tehran did that to the Blue Jays yesterday. It could happen on any given night. For the Brewers to be stymied by Kevin Gossman, who, mind you, has been one of the best strikeout artists the last three years in, in all of baseball, but they kept getting two out runners on, and you're never going to sustain a rally in that regard. They went 0-4 with runners in scoring position, uh, while trying to get Freddie off the hook a couple of times. Bullpen, bended it again, but did not break. They did their job. Elvis Peguero uh, got out of the, the eighth inning with the bases loaded. Also, you saw a good inning from uh, Trevor McGill. So, good things there. And Freddie, I mean, over his last 17 batters, he only faced two over the minimum for his last five innings, just two hits. He had a double play. Great stuff from Freddie. I mean, he did his job. It's truly he did his job. He goes six innings only allowing three runs against the Blue Jays. Like I said, that's fine. It's the offense that needs to step up. I mean, in the one run that scored was a fluky triple from Rowdy Tellez when Kevin Kiermaier and uh, George Springer were indecisive on who was going to take charge. By the way, did you see that catch that Kevin Kiermaier made earlier today? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. He owes Andrew Monasterio like a watch or something because Andrew might get optioned option by the end of the weekend. But it's just like, man... Brewers couldn't buy it today, or well, the whole series with that guy in center field. He's the best defensive center field. I mean, honestly, honestly, he should be getting some serious consideration for platinum glove, even though he's a center fielder. You know, normally you think that's a catcher or a third baseman, something like that. Kevin Kiermaier leads all of baseball in defensive runs saved at eleven, and that number is going to go up after today's performance. But anyway, that was a fluky run that scored, and you know, it's just not one that you really are proud of. It was. a Should have never been on third base. Probably should have at least been at the most a double. Definitely should not have been a triple. And then you get into a double play after a walk. So it doesn't feel great about keeping the shutout away. The Brewers have been shut out seven times this season. Seven. And they were a double play away from being eight. Which would tie the Major League lead. It's not great. It's not great. The offense has got a lot of stuff to figure out as far as where's the consistency coming? Where... Where, what happened to the rookies? I mean, Owen Miller, again, he got another hit today. Player of the month for May for the Brewers. I, I, I just need to see the lineup get deeper, right? I mean, today, Rowdy and Contreras, aside from that ninth inning, Rowdy hits the fluke triple and Contreras draws a walk. They were 0-for-6 6 with six strikeouts today against Gossman, right? Yesterday, Rowdy and Contreras combined for an 0 So... That's the meat of your order. Got to get those guys going. And then the bottom of the order, the rookies are struggling, man. I feel bad for them because, quite frankly, who else is going to play? The Brewers are hurt up and down their organization right now. Sal Freelich ain't arriving anytime soon. He's still dealing with the ligament strain uh, in his hand, in his thumb. And you've still got Keston Hira injured from his knee. So... And Tyrone Taylor hasn't been performing since he came off the injured list. He's been playing great defensively, but not so much offensively. I mean, Andrew Monasterio, cool. He got a couple of knocks, hit the ball hard a few times, got his first big league hit out of the way during this series. But, you know, he's he's just here until Willie's back. And by all reports indicate that Willie's going to be back this weekend against the Reds. So what do you do with, you know, Bryce Duran continues to have to play this much until... Luis Arias comes back. And we'll get into some of this with Kurt Hogan in just a moment. But Weicho coming back, I mean, I hope it's a shot in the arm. Good clubhouse guy. Also going to have the positive vibes when he gets to face his brother next week. When the Orioles come to town, Ramon versus Luis, that'll be fun. But I, I just look, man, this offense needs a shot in the arm. They need to figure out what's going wrong. Again, 0 for 4, thrunners in scoring position. They have the fewest played appearances in all of baseball with runners in scoring position. That's not great. They have the worst run differential in the central, yet they're in first place in the central. Just a weird, weird year. We're gonna chat with Kurt Hogue here in just a moment. We're gonna stay with us. Plenty to talk about with the Brewers just getting going here on Brewers Weekly. If you got questions, if you got texts, if you got calls, if you got comments, eight five five. again, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank talking text line. I'm Dominic Catronio, this is Brewers Weekly. Pleased to be joined by the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel's Kurt Hogue here on the program. It's been a while since we've had you on, Kurt, and uh, a lot has happened uh, in the first first few weeks of the season, especially in that month of May. You, You know, we were talking here a moment ago, the fact that the Brewers didn't start off June on the right foot, but hey, they got... Some series left to go, but, I mean, what do you make of what was revealed about the Brewers in the month of May and the offense sputtering and all the injuries they've had to sustain?
0: Yeah, I think the offense sputtering is probably the big takeaway there. Um, Some of the pitching stuff you can easily attribute to not having Brandon Woodruff, not having Wade Miley. I guess you had a little bit of Eric Lauer in there, uh, but he he was pitching hurt the entire time, and they finally kind of Theoretically figured out what was going wrong there. So um, just an in, in offense that finished, what, bottom four, bottom three uh, in all the baseball and runs scored in the month of May. And that being in spite of the fact, Dom, um, that they hit, I think, like 32 home runs in the month. They were in the middle of the, middle of the pack in dingers and uh, bottom of the pack in runs. So it just it's, uh, it's a group that absolutely is going to need to turn things around. They got some guys coming back. I um, will see how much of an impact getting Luis Arias back is. They've been missing Willie Davis here for only a week. But what they need is is the is the real the the, the Willie Damas we're used to seeing. Um, and kind of it's an offense that when he's going well, they're going well.
1: He's a guy that when you look at it, it's it's so simple. Both him and Christian Yelich. Uh, you can look at their splits on baseball reference in wins and in losses, and it's just two completely different players. And that's the least surprising news of the day, but the point being is you don't need them to be, you know, off the charts, oh my God, all-star. If they get on base a couple of times, maybe an extra base hit here or there, and they help set the table for this order, and granted this week it was slow for William and for Rowdy in the middle of the order, generally... When Willie and Yelly get on and they're the ones cat you know, at the center of the offense, good things are happening. Not when you're relying on the home run ball like we saw in May.
0: Yeah, that's also sort of the downside of the offense, right? Is it kind of needs Yelich and Adamus to, to be going. Yellich has been been solid this year. I mean his month of May was pretty good. I don't know what the overall numbers, but I'd venture to guess like OPS around nine hundred or so. Um and outside of that, I mean Brian Anderson's been good, uh Owen Miller has been really good. Um, I'm sure. He, did you know he, he's, he's from Fredonia? Guy. He uh, he he. I did, and um, little known <laughs> fact with that is he was the all time leading scorer for his boys basketball program.
1: Well, didn't he lose uh, that record? I, I believe we're his brother. Uh, yeah, his, Noah got it yeah, right. His brother. Yeah, yeah. We're actually getting into like
0: a little bit more of lesser known facts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Owen Miller, the Owen Miller phylum. So. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's an offense that really needs those two guys to be going. And um, when they're not, well, <laughs> we, we see how it's, how it's gone. And, heck, even when Christian Yelich has been going, um, if it hasn't been the power, the offense hasn't done much.
1: And the only guys that had an OPS over 750 with regular playing time in the month of May were Owen Miller, Christian Yelich, and Rowdy Teles. Now, William Contreras just misses that cutoff at 745, but he, had, he really struggled. He only hit 194 in the month. But is Luis Urias going to be the shot in the arm, or can this team... I, I look at the outfield, and I know Joey Weimer has been playing great defense. Tyrone Taylor has not been himself uh, since coming back. When I look at power positions, right, right field, left field, third base, have not been getting power production. It, Luis Arias isn't the answer to all their problems. He's certainly going to help. Is there anywhere else that you see that they really need some help in, in a certain position group?
0: Uh, I mean, Joey Weimer's been hot and cold in center field. The defense has been good, but the sooner South really can come back and sort of just give you another option, like another guy that could get going, would would be big. You know, hopefully, we'll find out some more about where he's at uh, this weekend in Cincinnati. But. They, they've got spots where they need guys, and uh, guys to play better. They don't really, outside of Urias coming back, they don't really have a lot of, you know, <laughs> this is, this is kind of who has to play. Uh, but the big thing I do think with Urias coming back is it's sort of, it gives you an option to cover one of the spots where you're getting no offense. You know, he, he, you could play him at second base where, you know, once, once Adamas is back shortstop, uh, Tereng will be at second base and then Urias could sort of take over. That spot, um and hopefully give you more offense than than Terang has been he's really been scuffling. Brian Anderson can kind of slot into to right if you want to reasset third like it's it just you know it kind of allows you a few more options to to buoy this offense a little bit.
1: We're going to try to figure things out a little bit more, solve some problems, play a little game with Kurt Hogue of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel coming up here in just a moment. Stay with us. Got a lot more Brewers Weekly coming for you till the top of the hour on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continuing here on WTMJ with Kurt Hogue Joining the program for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, I'm Dominic Catronio. we got another segment here with you, Kurt, and I want to start things off with just a simple game. It's a yes or no question game. It's called, Will They Win the Series? is where I'd put in the game show music if I had it here, Kurt. But they're just going to go from now until the 4th of July. So essentially the month of June, after the Brewers were under five hundred for May, trying to get things back on track in June. And June's not getting any easier. So we're just going to start here one by one. I want your gut reaction. Now You know, don't give me reasoning. Don't give me, ah, maybe, uh, No, just yes or no. Do the Brewers win the series against the Cincinnati Reds? No. Tied, though. Okay, split. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles? No. The Oakland A's? <laughs> yes. <laughs> see? See? We'll go, the we'll, fact that you we'll hesitated go, worries me.
0: Sweep. No, no, no. There was no hesitation. That was a they, that was a, they better.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly.
0: Uh, sweep. It'll be a sweep. Okay. Apologies to your dad.
1: <laughs> Thanks. Uh, two-game series with the Twins in Minnesota? Uh, split. Home for the Pirates for the first time? Oh, no. We lost Kurt. He's uh, on here. Uh, oh. oh, we got him back. We got him back. He's, he's hard at work getting yeah. on his way to Cincinnati. Hey, all right. I blame, I blame Indiana. Yeah, blame Indiana. <laughs> blame Indiana. Okay, Pittsburgh at home. First time facing the Pirates this year. Win or lose?
0: Yes, they'll
1: win. Ooh. Home for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are, by the way, in
0: second this when, place. This is when they're going to get going. They're going to win that
1: series, too. Ooh. They go to Cleveland yeah. first of a three-city road trip. They go to Cleveland. Uh, they'll, they'll lose that one. Well, what happened to them getting going? Uh, they go to New York That's for a four-game set in Queens. That's, they take three out of four. Wow. And then finally, they finish up before the 4th of July in Pittsburgh. When do lose that series?
0: Well, Dom, uh, you, from your knowledge of, of Brewers and series in Pittsburgh,
1: before,
0: <laughs> before or right around major calendar moments uh, in the baseball season, they lose.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. With two or three rain delays in there, too.
0: Yeah, if if anything can go wrong, it will.
1: So what I'm getting at here with this, the reason why I had you go through that, that gauntlet real quick, again, we're chatting with Kurt Hogue, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel beat writer of the Milwaukee Brewers, is, I mean, the fact that I didn't hear a lot of wins, I heard a few splits. The Brewers, I believe, and this is, you know, welcome to debate, Their floor is really a 500 team. It's fair to expect them to be a 500 team right now until they get healthy. Now, the reason why we stopped at the 4th of July is because, you know, maybe Woodruff's back before the All-Star break. Probably not. I think Wade Miley might be back before the end of June. Lauer will be back before the end of June. Uh, You'll have Luis Rios back this week. They are getting reinforcements, so there's stuff to look forward to. But at the same time, they still are a team that can play better than 500, right?
0: Yes, I think Mm. I believe so. I'm I'm getting less and less confident of that by the day. I still I still think they win the division. Like that's still if that's still my prediction. But the longer that a team plays, you know, basically what 400 ball that they've been playing now for month and a half. It's been you know basically since that um, that Mariners series ended on that road trip. Uh, it's not been great baseball. The longer mm. that goes, you know, the. <laughs> The, the tougher it is to, to really get going and try, you know, try to be a team that can be, finish 12, 15 games above 500. It's still very possible. The long season, we got 100 games left dumb. Uh, they're not healthy. They've got really good players who are not playing like really good players. So things theoretically are going about as poorly as possible right now. Um, but it has been going poorly for an extended stretch.
1: It, sure, it sur- certainly has with Kurt Hoag here on WTMJ. Kurt, looking at the farm, and you know, I, I know your mentions show this as well. When you tweet every time Jackson Churio hits a home run, Brewers fans are like, all right, we'll bring him up. He can hit, well, okay, he's 19 years old. He's hitting 240 in A, but that's still very impressive. Don't get me wrong. What, what's a realistic timeline? What, what do you think the Brewers are trying to do with Jackson Churio here in the next two years or so?
0: It's, I've fluctuated a bit on this. Um, I still, I still am very, very hesitant to think he would be up this year. That just feels like, it just feels like a bit of a rush. He's, I think he's, he's adapting well to double A, but he's not, he's far from like crushing the ball and showing you he's too good for that level right now. The thing, the thing that I, I've come to think a little more is like how much, you know, like once he shows you he's, he's too good for triple A or double A and he can bump up. I don't know how much he needs to show you at AAA. I I don't know if that needs to be much of a stay. Uh, I don't know how much of a stay, like, does it have to be a stay at all? Like, could it be straight from double-A to the majors? I don't think there is a specific timeline on him right now, especially with a guy like that. You kind of just let, put him in center field, bat him second in the lineup, and then let him tell you uh, when when to put him up to the next level. But it, it's it's certainly in the realm of possibility that, we could see him sooner than I anticipated, which was like late. Yeah. Even going into this winter, I was thinking like late next year. Yeah. Um, could definitely be quicker than that with just the way the tools play. And, you know, who knows? Do they need a spark in September and see if he can catch fire?
1: Who knows? Who knows? There's there's a lot going on down there in the farm. There's a lot of exciting things happening. They got to get them healthy though too. With the Kira and Frelick getting healthy, Mizarowski is doing some great stuff. Make sure to keep an eye on Kurt's Twitter. It's spelled odd. It's C Y R T Kurt, but with a Y. Hogue H O G G on Twitter. You can follow him and read his work in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Kurt, uh, I know you're driving, and I, we really do appreciate you taking the time. And I'm kind of bummed for you that you're driving to Cincinnati and not staying put and getting ready for tickets uh, to go see Taylor Swift down in Chicago.
0: Yeah, I'm still ticketless. Uh, I think I just, every time I go on a podcast, including my own or a radio show, I got to do my, gotta, I got to do my little my little push for. Yeah, if you got tickets, I'll let you boy.
1: <laughs> help, help a man out, because I help tried help warning him. Out. Sophia Minard and I tried warning him after we saw the show in Arizona. Buy your tickets now, buy your tickets now. It's not his fault. There's a lot of things going on, but, you know, pour, pour some out for the homies, and that's Kurt Hogue, who always tweets a Taylor Swift lyric whenever he's at a ballpark, so uh, he's a real Swifty, man. I, I feel for you. I hope it works out.
0: Hey, we got, a, we got an entire entire album named to uh, the, the team that I'm, the team's ballpark that I'll be covering, so. A lot of options
1: at this one. <laughs> love it. Kurt Hogue on the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel with us. Thanks for the time, Kurt, and safe travels, Cincinnati. All
0: right. Talk to you later.
1: All right. Thanks for the time there. 855-616-1620, 855-616-1620. We're with you till the top of the hour. We're going to hear from Craig Council coming up next on Brewers Weekly. Justin, how old are you when this song came out? Oh, how old was that? Justin Pottinger, our producer here on the program, Bruce Weekly. It had to come come out. I'm going to guess it came out like. I was born in 2000. Oh, God. (laughs) Dom's head is just down in his mic right now. I loved bowling for soup growing up, man. Gosh. I think it came out in like 2004, 2003. Might be a little earlier than that. I remember I just went nuts for some uh, bowling for soup. So you were right, 2004. Yeah, Wichita Falls, Texas. Shout out! All right, Brewers Weekly. I'm Dom Catronio. Brewers flossed three to one. We're trying to keep vibes going. The Brewers version of that song would be 1982 um, instead of 1985. But nonetheless, the Brewers are struggling. You didn't need to hear that for me. You already knew that. The Brewers now 29 and 27, and yet with a negative run differential. They are leading the National League Central, but we don't care about standings in June. We care about standings in July. So talk to me at the end of June on where the run differential is and where they stand in the division. I don't think St. Louis is going to stay seven games under 500 for long. I'm still mad about the fact that they get back-to-back off days twice in the month of June, but I digress. I want to get some audio from earlier today. Craig Council with the day game today. We didn't have Brewers Extra Innings, but we got Brewers Weekly instead. Here's what Craig Council had to say about today's defeat uh, against the Blue Jays and losing the series on the road.
2: Yeah, I mean they look they got they could put a man on base and hit a homer and that's two runs and you know that, that uh, put us in a big hole against a, a really good pitcher um, that we you know just had a good, had a great split finger going today. So Freddie settled down and, and pitched really well. Two bullpen guys got scoreless innings, but um, you know that was that was enough. With, uh, with Gaussman and just that, that splitter, because it's such a unique pitch, I mean, how hard is that to prepare for when you don't see that kind of pitch often? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's always – the split finger has always been a good swing and miss pitch. Um, it, it's not an easy pitch to throw. Um, it's not an easy pitch to, to command. Um, he, he does a great job of it. puts it over the – you know, he puts it – in the strike zone and then it's out of the strike zone and that's um, that. Those are pitches you get swings on and, and that's what he does a good job of and it just slows you down enough on his fastball, um, that you know it gets you off, gets you off the fastballs to hit. Freddie obviously had a tough one coming in to today, the tough first inning, the last five innings. Did he look more like the Freddie of old to you? I mean, just doing what he does. It's- yeah, it's not the Freddie of old. It's just you know it's it's uh, making good pitches. Um, you know the pitch that he got burned on. Um, or the pitches you got burned on are, are just middle pitches um, and pitches that good, strong hitters did damage with. So, um, you know, that's, that's the way the game goes. Um, you know, you got to try to stay out of those situations if you can. That's, about, that's why you have to control good lineups. That's what's tough about good lineups and guys that can leave the park anywhere. Um, and they, they, two guys put swings on the ball that left one to the big part and one to the opposite field. Talked about Elvis and how well he's pitched. Is that a, that a big spot for him to work on? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, he had some, he had two pitches, two outs, and then he had, you know, there was some stress to it and some long at bats. And, um, you know, the the walks with two outs, not ideal, but uh, he came back and made made a good 3 2 pitch to get out of it. What do you think of Monasterio's at bats today? Hit the ball hard three times? Yeah, I mean, he said. You know, however many, nine good plate appearances since he's been here. He's done a really nice job at the plate. Um, just tough, competitive at-bats, every single one of them.
1: Hopefully I can give him some confidence uh, when Willie Adamas arrives. Because, I mean, personally, I'd be shocked if it's anybody other than Monasterio that goes down to AAA when Willie returns against the Reds this weekend. But kudos to Andrew Monasterio. And... uh Really fun to say, Monasterio, and I want to correct myself, it's Andrew, even though everybody says Andrew, uh, as we have Americanized his name, of course. Uh, he is from Venezuela, just like, on, like the name is like Andrew Jones, you know, spelt the same way. Uh, I've been meaning to ask him, and I, I don't think he'll be here the next time they come home, but uh, ask him if he is named after Andrew Jones. I wonder if that's a possibility. So, uh, he gets a knock, he gets robbed by Kevin Kiermeyer, but the Brewers fall 3-1 to one today, They will get ready for the Reds coming up uh, over the weekend. A weird wraparound series with some weird game times. Uh, And also, mind you, you should be listening here on WTMJ tomorrow, given the fact that we're on Apple TV tomorrow. So, won't be the hometown, guys. You got to listen to Lane and Josh, right? Come hang out with us in Cincinnati, right here on WTMJ. I've got you covered for postgame all weekend long. It's a wraparound series, too. So, we've got a four-game set starting on a Friday. Weird. I know. It is what it is. So Friday, if I'm not mistaken, starts at 4 o'clock Central Time. Saturday's at 5 o'clock Central Time. Sunday's at 1 o'clock. And then Monday's at 6.40 if I'm not mistaken. I think that's right. I'm going to pull this up real quick. But the Brewers have a weird setup coming up with the Reds. Uh, I want to preview that series as our last segment of the night. Before we get there, I want to talk about some numbers. A uh, Tweet Directed me to this, and I dug a little bit deeper on this about the Brewers when they are trailing in games this year. You're not going to be happy about these numbers, but this is what makes me believe I mean, this is what needs to be fixed, and this is what the Brewers need to do. So I'm going to talk about that and being a, you know, having that dog in them, you know, being a come from behind team. See what happens next. This is Brewers Weekly. Brian Anderson coming to bat. This is Walker, right? Or am I, am I hearing things? I have no idea. Right, you're a Cubs fan. <laughs> yeah, no, this is Walker. Yeah, yeah, he's welcome to welcome the general. Brewers will be back home on Tuesday, opening up a six game homestand. They'll have the Baltimore Orioles, who, oh, by the way, have the second best record in baseball. You know, I know the Rays have been hogging all the oxygen, as they should. They're really darn good. The Orioles are really darn good, too. Now, they can hit. They can't really pitch it, but their bullpen, Yannier Cano, Felix Bautista, if you're down after seven, it's over. It's over. Those guys are disgusting. Uh, Looking forward to seeing the Orioles, uh, a team that the Brewers went to Baltimore for the first time in a long time last season. Looking forward to seeing some friends uh, over there on the broadcasting side. Kevin Brown, uh, I hope Jim Palmer makes the trip. Jeff Arnold as well. Melanie Newman good friends uh, of mine from the minor league days. So, looking forward to welcoming them here to MKE. Then you got the Oakland A's coming to town Friday through Sunday. Uh, for those who don't know, I'll reiterate, uh, A's soft spot in my heart if you've been listening for all season long, you know that. Uh, Dad, Oakland A's radio broadcaster, now television broadcaster. Not going to get into that. We all know what happened. I made my apology. I made my uh, stance clear. Like I Glenn's a friend and I wish him nothing but the best moving forward, but out of my control. But the A's come to town after everything that went down with them, and they are only got 12 wins right now. So as Kurt Hoke said, hope that's a sweep for them. But let me just get to some numbers here of what the Brewers need to do for these next 10 games or so. Now, the Reds, they're playing better baseball, but the Brewers are still a better team than the Reds, okay, especially on the pitching and the offense front. They need to make sure they don't lose this series. I don't think I'd be really that mad with a split. But, I mean, obviously, you always want to win a series, especially a four-gamer. But let me give you some numbers right now of what concerns me about the, when the Brewers are losing in the game, when they are the team in the catch-up zone, okay? In 2021, they had 40 come from behind wins, 40. They had a two thirty five batting average when they were trailing, a 719 OPS, and a 104 OPS plus. So four points better than league average when they were trailing. Not bad. 40 come from behind wins. That's huge. That's awesome. Your pitching helps to keep you in that. 2022, even better. They also had 40 come from behind wins, but they hit better. They hit 255, 20 points better. They also had an OPS that was roughly 44 points better. And their OPS plus was 122. So 22 points better League average also forty come from behind wins, great. You know they're never out of it. They hit a lot of home runs. They're never out of it. They can always make uh, make a game interesting in the blink of an eye. This season, they are hitting one ninety nine when they are trailing. They are the only team hitting under two hundred under the Mendoza line when trailing in the game at any point. Doesn't have to be, you know, in the ninth inning. It's at any point when they are trailing. They are hitting one ninety nine. With a 581 OPS. Yikes. They have a 64 OPS plus rating. 36 points below league average. Yikes. They have 8 come-from-behind wins this season. We're about a third of the way through the season, obviously. Math, that means they're on pace for 24 comeback wins. Yikes. The, The Brewers... I think the first time they make a big comeback, mind you, their largest comeback this year is three against the Royals. With all due respect to the Royals, you know what I'm saying there. The Brewers swept that series. They were trailing in two of the three games, mind you. So two of their eight comeback wins were against the Royals. But I digress. The point is, the Brewers, they won't believe they can do it until they do it. If they fall behind 3-0 early, 4-0 early, and they win that game... That's going to be the type of puzzle piece game, puzzle piece win that you keep with you throughout the season. Hey, we did it once. Let's do it again. Hey, we did it those two times. Let's do it again. Hey, we did it those three times. Let's do it again. And you see how it adds up on each on itself. Some more numbers having to do when trailing. The Brewers, when their opponent scores first this year. The Brewers are just 6-21. They'll only win six games when their opponent scores first. When they're trailing after six innings, you know, when you're facing the bullpen probably, they are just 2-23. and 23. Two wins when trailing after six innings. But it gets worse. When trailing after three innings, just three, doesn't matter the margin, but when trailing after three innings of play, you've still got two-thirds of the game left to go. When they're trailing after three, they are 2-21. Two and 21. Two wins when trailing after three innings. Yikes! That's where it's got to come from. That's where I think the Brewers are going to start getting going. You're not going to get out to the lead every game you play. That's that's not an expectation. That's just not going to happen. You need to prove to yourselves and to your teammates that you can be the team that is able to mount a comeback. That's able to shock the world and get things going in the right direction. That the until it happens, and maybe in a maybe you get two good come from behind wins in the same week. That gets them going, but it needs to happen sooner as opposed to later. The Brewers are only two games over five hundred. There's still 100 games to go, but you know I, I think we'd all like to see it. We'd like to see a, a punching offense. And I'm not trying to say, oh, they're not trying when they're down. No, 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 I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is they know it, but seeing the numbers is just jarring. Absolutely shocking when you see how bad it's been when they are trailing. So that's my number one thing to circle and to keep an eye out for of an easy way to get out of the funk is to make sure you get back on track by actually winning a game that you trail early in. See what you can do in that regard. All right, let's get you ready for the Reds. That'll be our final segment here. Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. (laughs) A few more minutes here on the program. Brewers Weekly. I'm Dom Catronio. Here are your matchups this week. And I had the game times wrong, so forgive me. Here's what we got. Tomorrow, Friday, Corbin Burns against left-hander Brandon Williamson. It's been the only left-hander in the rotation for the Reds, at least in this time through viewer. 410 first pitch central time on Apple TV Plus. Our coverage will begin at 3:35 right here on WTMJ. So tune in, pull up a chair. It'll be Lane and Josh. On the call. Again, 410 first pitch tomorrow on Apple TV Plus or WTMJ. Saturday, day game again, 310 first pitch. Our coverage will be at two twenty or 235 here on WTMJ. I've got Brewers Warm up starting at 2 on Saturday. Colin Ray against Graham Ashcraft. That'll be on both Bally and WTMJ, of course. Sunday, 1240 first pitch will be on the air. At 12:10. Adrian Hauser against Ben Lively. Then Monday with the wraparound, a 6:10 first pitch. 6:10 first pitch. Our coverage begins 5:35. Julio Tehran against Luke Weaver. That's your upcoming four-game set with the Cincinnati Reds, who just lost tonight to the Red Sox, but they won that series at Fenway. Uh, weird week with. Kirk Herbstreet getting in a Twitter fight with C. Trent Rosecrans. Uh, what? Ohio's weird, man. Ohio's just weird. I, I, I. They're passionate about Ellie De La Cruz. We don't know if he's going to be up this weekend or not. Some folks have ex- speculated that. You don't know what they're going to do with Jonathan India. You don't know what they're going to do with Matt McClain. They got a lot going on. They got prospects on the way, and they're only four games under five hundred. This is gonna the Brewers going to have their hands full. This is I won't call it a trap series because the Reds are better than being called a trap series. They're on the up and up. They have stuff to look to this year as opposed to last season. So don't think this is going to be a pushover. One last thing as I wrap up the program, and if you're listening this long, thank you. Today, June 2nd, if you're listening to this after the fact, you know, here's today's June 1st, but if you're listening to this tomorrow, June 2nd, Lou Gehrig Day in baseball, ALS Research. Uh, I really encourage you to check out some incredible organizations that do research and help folks Living with ALS, a reminder for folks who aren't quite familiar, ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, it's a 100% fatality rate. No cure. We have treatments. We are trying to figure out more about this disease, and a lot of people close to me have uh, been impacted by it, most notably Sarah Langs. You may know Sarah from her infectious positivity on Twitter. Sarah Langs is essentially the researcher, right? Like, I'm the researcher for Bally Sports Wisconsin. Sarah Langs is essentially the researcher for all of baseball. If anybody has a question, if anybody wants to know something, we text or Slack Sarah. She's the best at this, and she's so positive, and she loves finding, you know, treasure hunts and things of that nature. So, Sarah is living and doing her job with ALS. She's not even 30. It's really sad, but. A few organizations, Strikeout ALS does amazing work. They've been affiliated with Boston College for a long time and Sal Freelich, the Ice Bucket Challenge, and Pete Frady's, you may have heard of that. Uh, That name before, who lived and tragically passed away a few years ago with ALS. Uh, Also, Project Main Street down in Chicago, Boog Shambi does a great job with that. Uh, They have the End ALS for Lou shirts available on Project Main Street. I would really encourage you to check it out. All the proceeds Go to help those living with ALS, and uh, John Book does a great job with that organization. So uh, I encourage you, ALS stinks, but I hope we, one day we can live to see the end of that disease. I'm Dominic Catronio for Justin Pottinger. Thanks for listening. Keep on swinging.